Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. A fantastic organization where they know home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Week 8 NFL preview coming up momentarily. Probably around 120, but even earlier than that. 855-2124-CBS or 1020 if you're listening on Pacific Time. Plenty of college football going on around the country. Ohio State in the battle with Wisconsin right now. The rain going out, and for whatever reason, they're running timing draw plays or timing option plays with the backup quarterback. So maybe this is where Ryan Day goes a little bit urban here, and we'll be paying attention to that throughout the afternoon. Folks, I'm in a good mood right now, and I'm about to be in a bad mood. It's about to get vicious. And we'll see where it goes. Uh, I got to put Tom on the spot. Uh-oh. Tom, I yep. want you to get the audio of Baker Mayfield talking about the referees earlier this week, if you can. We got it. And j- just tell me, okay, you got it. I want you to, I want you to play this. I want, I want America to hear it because I, I had a bit of a, had a bit of a meltdown earlier this week over this bit of audio. Go ahead and hit it. One, I wouldn't say it's complaining when it was blatantly obvious. Um, I'd say that's just stating facts, but. Freedom of speech. I thought, you know, that's okay, but I get fined for it. It's the league. That's what they do. They fine you for some ridiculous things. Uh, it's just how it is. But there's a reason everybody's talking about it. I knew I was going to get fined, but it needs to be said. People have to be held accountable for their job. Um, when it affects my job, it it sucks because it's not in my control. Well, I would say the beggar needs to be held accountable, but certainly we are holding him accountable because there's been a lot of conversations surrounding Baker, and rightfully so. He hasn't been that good with the exception of one game, so it's been about one out of five so far this year. But I got upset about it because 10 games or 10 days after the Seattle game, it's still being talked about in Cleveland there. And I'm in Cleveland, so I'm just going to rant and rave here for just a moment, and you're going to have to hear me out on this because... Boy, I got worked into a shoot, and I got upset about it because I should have seen it coming, and I just I didn't see it coming. And I got upset because here we are, 10, game, 10 days after that game on Wednesday, talking about referees. And I was upset because your focus should be on New England, your focus should be beating the Patriots, this, that, and the other. And here I was talking about referees in Baker Mayfield. And you can question, well, should the media ask him that question 10 days afterwards? Yes, they should absolutely because it's part of the stories they're right and it's fine. And he was fine for it. And he could have just said, what I said is what I said. I still meant what I said. And I'm moving on from what I said. I've already taken my fine. We're getting ready for New England. But he expounded on it and away we went. I'm just going to come right out and say it. I don't want to lie to you. And I don't want to lie to anybody else anymore. I'm bitter and I'm jealous right now. And boy, I got to hope things are going to change because I did it to myself. And there's so many times where I'm right and I bring Tom in on it and I bring Billy Jack in on it and I go, come on, America, tell me how right I was. Antonio Brown, whoo, man, 
I did a victory lap for four hours that Saturday. After the after the heat I took after he signed with the Patriots and I said he wasn't going to do it, I did a whole victory lap. Going in, I wanted to look up old tweets and tell call these people up personally on the radio and tell them to kiss my ass on Broadway in front of everybody. I love being right. I'll admit what I'm wrong. I have no problem with that. But, man, I love being right. I should love what's going on right now, and I can't do it. I can't, and it's bothering me. I defended him so much. Before the draft, I said he has every right to do it. The difference in the money and the positions is night and day. If he can play the position, it changes the conversation about quarterbacks forever. If he can play the position and play the position well, it changes how we see other quarterbacks. It opens up opportunities. It opens up conversation. It makes my job more fun. I defended him. Tom remembers. He was there. He was with me. I I defended him. We used to come on here on Sunday nights. And I would sit there with with Tom and with Stu, and I would just say, you know, he he has every single opportunity. He should be. He, he won the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback. He should be afforded the opportunity to play quarterback in the NFL. That's his rightful position. No matter what Bill Polian wants to say, or no matter what NFL guy wants to say, where you know what? And it was like that Family Guy episode where the guy wants a tattoo, and he, the only guy thing the guy knows how to draw is Kermit the Frog. So you're going to get a nice Kermit the Frog. Well, I want to play quarterback. Yeah, but you're more like a wide receiver. So. You should be a wide receiver. Well, I want to play quarterback. Yeah, but you're a nice wide receiver. And he went to the combine, and I thought he was getting some bad advice from some people. But and I thought then by then he was just confused, so considering some of the things he decided not to do. I defended him because I, I thought he might be okay. I didn't know, but I didn't think this was going to happen. This is where the two things intersect, and this is why I'm about to pull my hair out, folks. Because you've seen this happen. Maybe it's to your own team. It's never happened so publicly with me. Is every week leading up to the combine, then leading up to the draft, I defended Lamar Jackson. I said, his accuracy is not great. I don't know how long he is for the NFL as a quarterback, but he deserves that opportunity. And if he ends up with the right team, with the right coach, oh my God, if he ends up with the right team, with the right coach, he could be good. He'd be a good quarterback, and it could change our conversations. Then on draft night, and if you listen to this show, you know who I support. The team I support takes Baker Mayfield number one overall. And away we go. And then the Ravens trade back into the first round, and they take Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round. I go, wow, that's a surprising move. One team has John Harbaugh, who's a tremendous football coach, and it shows you how tough the NFL is that even a tremendous football coach could end up being almost thrown out on his ass like he was last year almost. And now he's off in year two, and well, you know, now there's been eight months of tape. There's been eight months of tape on Lamar Jackson. There's been eight months to figure out tendencies. There's been eight months to figure it out, and I have denied it. For too long. Tom and I had a vicious back and forth on text. 
And I said, the balls are still not good. He was 9 of 20 the other day. He ran again. He had to run to beat Seattle. I tried in my mind to rationalize or to demean. I did this. Lamar Jackson's performance in Seattle. While Evan Silva and a lot of other people around are saying, by the way, CBS has him ranked the number two quarterback in the in the CBS power rankings. While other folks are saying that he should be in the MVP race, I'm trying to deny quarterback play. I thought he ran so much against Cincinnati. No, this here's the beginning of the end. I thought maybe because of Pittsburgh, he played like garbage against Pittsburgh. He ran, but he played like garbage. And maybe this is the beginning of the end. I was hoping. That's what I was doing. First half against Kansas City, he only got one to Mark Andrews. Or he only he only hit one wide receiver, Marquise Brown. Everything else was to Mark Andrews or other people, other other tight ends. I've denied myself because I didn't want to be right. At least I didn't want him to be right with the Baltimore Ravens. I'll just speak to you as a fan. I'll just get it off my chest as a fan. Here I was this week at the crossroads of the, the Baltimore Ravens beating the Seattle Seahawks on the road at CenturyLink, while then on Wednesday, my quarterback still being asked and talking about the officials, getting ready to play the team of the decade, getting ready to play the team of the generation. I got upset about that. I got upset about how John Harbaugh looks like he has everything that needs to be done as an NFL head coach, and I couldn't believe that anybody would cross him in the first place. I could not believe that they went from Joe Flacco, a first-round pick, to Lamar Jackson, completely changed their offense, completely changed everything that they're about, and they're still a good, well-run organization, and Lamar Jackson looks like an MVP. Meanwhile, I got a coach who's his buddy. I got a guy who's supposed to be at the top of the draft chart who was good in college and accurate and great in his first year and all of a sudden the things I said about Lamar Jackson the eight months of video and defenses being able to adjust to him in his own defense losing how many different veterans all those things are true and I was right to defend Lamar Jackson before the draft and I was right about what I said about the offseason except It was a different quarterback. It's my quarterback. And for this case, it's Tom's quarterback. Josh Rosen doesn't even have a situation. Sean McDermott is a great coach. About to get thrown under the bus. He's had up and down quarterback play throughout his entire career at Buffalo. He's a great coach, and I don't think that Josh Allen's out of the woods at all, but guess what? He's being taken care of because the coach is good. Meanwhile, the Browns roast the ball down the field, and I've never been so upset to be so right. Lamar Jackson is quality so far. Lamar Jackson has been great so far. I cannot deny in my heart what I know is true. And it's so upsetting because everyone around me, and I thought, man, I just, I can't do it. I can't. I still got to give Baltimore their due. I still got to say that they're tops in the division. They won the division. I question what Pittsburgh's doing. I certainly don't think that, that Cincinnati's any good. I think that the Browns, man, they got, a, they got a lot of talent, but there's a lot of teams that have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent. They're going to be in a lot of these football games. And that means if they lose, they're going to be that much more disappointing if they lose. And if Baker Mayfield goes out there and turns the ball over there and we're going to be questioning it, now here we are questioning it. 
And so for all you Ravens fans who listen on 106.7 and 105.7 over there, and you always get ready to call me up on Sunday night, and you always get ready to call me up during football season and get me upset and stick it in my call, congratulations, you won. At least so far, you're winning. You're winning it so far. Because right now, he's the quarterback of the draft, and he was thought as the least likely quarterback of the draft. Hell, the NFL didn't even want to make him a quarterback before the draft. It's a harsh truth. But he's damn good. And I knew he was, and I wanted to deny it. Because my guts and my ego and my heart wouldn't let me. We're letting it all pour out with the Week 8 preview next on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Week 8, and away we go, and we got to go quick because I'm going to tell you why you should be a Pats fan coming up at 1.40 p.m. Eastern, but we start out with Tom. Tom, take me there, baby. It begins with the Seattle Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. Seahawks are seven-point favorites, and 77% of the bets are on them. Oh, Atlanta in the danger zone. Dandy Dan in trouble at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Seattle. After a loss back on the road, they've been great on the road with Russell Wilson and with Pete Carroll. Uh, I know where the bets are. I'm taking Seattle. You can get in for as low as 37 bucks. Tom. You can't pick Atlanta here, although I thought Seattle was the surest thing last week, and they did not come through. And I had an otherwise uh. pretty decent week, but I'm definitely taking Seattle. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are point-and-a-half favorites in this one, 51% of the bets on the Eagles. Buffalo has guts. Philadelphia doesn't. I take Buffalo. You can get in for as low as 83 bucks. It's a hot ticket at New Era Field, Tom. My goodness, this is tough. I don't know what to think He's about thinking. the Eagles right now, but I think they're going to win this game. The Bills just have so much variance in what could happen because of the way Allen plays, so it's hard to if the Bills, I'll take the Eagles. If the Bills win this game, real quick, if the Bills win this game, I think they break the backs of the Philadelphia Eagles. Next. Okay, Los Angeles Chargers at Chicago Bears. Bears three-and-a-half-point favorites, but 63% of the money on the Chargers. I'm getting a little bit nervous about my boy, Mitchie. I'm getting really nervous about my boy, Mitchie. Steve Trevisano and Menor Ohio's retiring after this year. The Cardinals look like they could win it all in Division One under the Ohio State High School Football Championships, and it could make for his final year to be the year that he hands it off to Mitch Trubisky if he doesn't get his affairs in order with a good defense. We're making, car- we're making cases that the Bears should trade for Cam Newton when he's able to come back. Tickets as low as 102 at Soldier Field. Bears need it. Chargers don't. They have no heart. They have no play. They have no run game. I'm taking the Bears. I think this is a perfect spot for the Chargers to lose by a field goal, so I think I'm going to take the Chargers and the points. Giants at Detroit Lions. Lions are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. 52% of the bets on the G-men, though. The Lions in another division would be at the top of the division. They play in a gauntlet. You can get in for 41 at Ford Field. I'm laying. It's five, right? It's six and a half. Six and a half. I'm sorry. I'm laying the six and a half. Take the Motor City Kitties, Tom. There's no other pick. I mean, the Giants have nothing going lately, and the Lions are actually a good team. They should absolutely pick apart the Giants secondary. Give me the, yeah, minus six and a half in the Lions. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Tennessee Titans. 1 p.m. on Fox. The Titans are two and a half point favorites. 67% of the bets, though, are on the Bucs. Tennessee still has some talent. I di- I, it's a stone's move to go to Ryan Tannehill. I think Tampa Bay, even though they got a coach like Arians, they get in their own way. Nissan Stadium, Nashville, Tennessee, tickets as low as 
I'm taking the Titans. Tom. This is a good spot for Tannehill and a bad spot for the Bucks. I will take the Titans also. Denver Broncos at Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. on CBS. The Colts are five-point favorites, and 75% of the bets are on them. Yeah, and I'll lay the five as well. Indianapolis at home, I thought that they were able to bounce it back. I think that they, they got a lot of good things going for them. Uh, with tickets as low as $34 to get into Lucas Oil Stadium. Denver just doesn't have what it takes on the road here. I'm taking the Colts. Tom? The Colts are a very good football team. Their quarterback is very mm-hmm. good. They're deep. They're well-coached. They're tough. They are Bet much, much better than the Denver Broncos. I will take them in this game. In nice. London, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Los Angeles Rams. That's a 1 p.m. game in London on CBS. The Rams are 12-point favorites here, 77% of the bets on them as well. The only thing that get in the Rams' way is the time travel and the, or the distance travel with the time. Uh, other than that, they should be able to walk out there and beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati's still trying. Now, don't get me wrong. Cincinnati's still trying. An 0-6 or 0-7 football team is going to try because you're you're trying not to make history there with the Browns and uh, and with the Lions. So Cincinnati's going to give them a fight, but I think Los Angeles just executes too much. I think that their run game, even though that it's been looking for something over the last time, I think that that's fine. I think that Jared Goff's got to get back on track. The weather can be a little bit sketchy over there. The track can be a little bit sketchy at Wembley, Wembley as we see, so there could be a couple of times off the mark. That could play into Cincinnati's favor. Tickets as low as $9 American. I'm still taking the Rams, Tom. I am too. It's tempting because one weird touchdown could swing this game. It could be a weird London game, but there's just no good reason to pick the Bengals right now, except for maybe Dalton trying to save his career. Yeah, and the game's played before November 1st, so I think it's still nine euros as well. There you go. Okay. All right. How How many people in the audience get that joke? Four? Go ahead, Tom. All right, Arizona Cardinals at New Orleans Saints. The Saints are 10.5-point favorites, and just 51% of the bets are on them, though. It's 1 p.m. on CBS. Do we have a quarterback controversy brewing in New Orleans? <laughs> Ooh. No, you no. dance with the date who brung you. Yes. But Teddy Bridgewater's doing a fine job. Kyler Murray, uh, boy, <laughs> I still want to see more out of him. I thought that they were fair. I, I'll give you that, Tom. I know that you were really upset with me for what I said about him and what I said about Cliff Kingsbury. I, I just think that they're scattershot, but maybe they just don't have the talent around him yet. Maybe that's still the same problem he had at Texas Tech, and maybe he really is an NFL head coach. Hint, hit Jim Harbaugh, and hint, hint tickets as low as $78 at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I'm going to take the Saints laying the 10, correct? Ten and a half, yeah. Ten and a half. Well, gee, you know what? No, I'm taking Arizona to cover. I'll take the Saints to win. Wow. I flip-flop okay. right then and there. Go ahead, Tom. All right. Yeah, I think Cliff is a NFL offensive coordinator. I'm not sure he's an NFL head coach. I uh, really like his quarterback. The team stinks. And the Saints are unbelievable. They have been absolutely trucking teams. They block punts. They play great defense. They cause turnovers. Yeah. They have depth. I'm picking them in this game. New yeah, York- it's a shame. They lost their mind last year when they got boat when they got screwed over by a bad call and they didn't have the backbone because their head coach wouldn't lead them. But I'm starting to think it's the best thing that ever happened to them. I'm starting to think it's the motivation that's going to get it done this year. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I think they're going to win it. Whoa, Tom making It's all about the Saints. All right, baby. New York Jets at Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. on CBS. The Jags are six and a half point favorites, but 61% of the bets are on the Jets. Tickets as low as 24 bucks to get into this. 
But I don't know how much it's going to be to get in the pool, and that's the only reason you go, unless you really like Gardner Minshew. It's just a better overall team. They were able to come from behind last week and get a win against Cincinnati. Minshew's not that bad of a passer, obviously. There was some nice accuracy I saw last week uh, down in the Queen City. New York's a mess. New York's a terrible mess. I think that Jacksonville's vision is clear. I think they'll try to do a lot of the same stuff. Not the zero blitz stuff, but maybe some of the same stuff to get to Sam Darnold. New York needs a win to clear the air. Adam Gase needs a win to clear the air. I think his job's already on the line, but I'm still going to take Jacksonville in Jacksonville at 1 p.m. Sunday, Tom. For the second week in a row, it's too many points. There's a lot of logical good reasons to pick the Jets. You cannot put your American money on the New York Jets right now. Don't. Don't. Okay, Carolina Panthers at San Francisco 49ers. Niners, five-and-a-half-point favorites to the 405 game on Fox. 64% of the bets on the road team. Panthers, though. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to come back down to earth. It's time to be a little bit humble. I love Kyle Allen. He's thrown the ball very, very well, and this is where Ron Rivera has shined. Tickets as low as 107 to get into Levi Stadium. I'm picking the upset. Carolina, the winner. Tom. Man, this is an interesting game. Christian McCaffrey's been playing so well. I could see it being a Niners win inside five and a half points. I think that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to take the points too, Ken. Cleveland oh, Browns at New England Patriots, 425 on CBS. The Patriots are 11-point favorites and have 68% of the bets going their way. Yeah, I think the Browns are going to cover the line. I do too. Yeah, tickets as low as 168. It's been a short week for Bill. You have the Ravens coming up next week. It's going to be a car crash for the Browns. I I, I think that Bill Belichick is going to make the Browns be methodical. I don't think you're going to see as much of the stuff that you saw on Monday night. I think a lot of people are doing it, and I think they're reading it wrong. The Browns have gotten themselves into trouble because they've been too aggressive and because they've turned the ball over. I think that there's going to be a lot of nickel ran by New England this week. I think they're going to force the Browns to play execution-style football and be disciplined, and I don't know if the Browns can handle that. I think this will be a tighter game by the score, but I think New England will be in control. I take Cleveland to cover, obviously New England to win. Tom? I basically completely agree with your assessment. It's a little scary. Freddie Kitchens against Belichick here for the first time. It's a little little terrifying. Mm-hmm. I would watch the line closely if I was going to bet this game. If it gets down to 10 or beneath, no way. You flip and you throw that money on New England. But if it stays at 11 or goes up, which it very well might, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'll, I, think the, I think the Browns will hang around, make it a 9-10 point game. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Oakland Raiders at Houston Texans. Texans, 6.5 point favorites. That's 425 on CBS. 69% of the bets on Houston. I want to see if Oakland can still do what they've been doing in the past. I think they were unlocked last week against the Green Bay Packers and what the Packers were able to do offensively. Now with a running game, can you get that same type of effort from Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson if you're the Houston Texans? But you also have Deshaun Watson, who's been able to move the ball as well. I think that they can pass it pretty well on Oakland. I think Oakland in their own right might be an open sieve now. On the road, yet again, I'm going to take the Texans. Low, tickets as low as 65 bucks to get into Nurg State. Stadium. Tom. Some of these games are no joke, and this is no exception. It is so tempting for me to take the Raiders. Derek Carr's look pretty good. They've been a solid, well-coached football team. I know nobody wants to hear that. Josh Jacobs is a outstanding running back, having a really good year. If they had better wide Josh receiving options, Jacobs, they would be scary. I don't think Houston can cover here, but they probably win a gritty one, so I'm actually going to take the points in Oakland. Next. Okay, Sunday night, Green Bay Packers. At Kansas City Chiefs, we just missed an amazing quarterback matchup. It will not be Mahomes in this game. 
Packers are four-point favorites, and unsurprisingly, 69% of the bets are on them. But it will be well. It will be Aaron Rodgers, and it will be Green Bay who prevails on the road. I love what Mike Pettin's defense is packing, and you have two very nice running backs for Green Bay. I don't think it has to be some shooting match, and I didn't think if Patrick Mahomes was playing, it had to be some shooting match. I think Green Bay can run the football now. Offensive line problems and, and injuries on the offensive line aside, they've been able to run the ball with some nice success. Finally, Aaron Rodgers has a running game again. I think that Green Bay could have won the game with Patrick Mahomes, I think they will win the game with Matt Moore. Tom. Wow. You think they're going to win the game with Matt Moore? No, I, I'm saying that playing against Matt Moore, Green Bay will win the oh, game. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Tickets as low as 127 at Arrowhead. Boy, a tough ticket to get. You Go can ahead. use analytics. You can use football terms. You can use a bunch of things to describe why the Packers have been so successful, but they've been telling you over and over again. They just like each other. The vibe there is undeniably good. There ah. is belief. There is belief and they're going to cover the four points in that game against Matt Moore. And to the Monday night game, <laughs> Miami Dolphins at Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are 16.5-point favorites in this one, and 76% of the bets are on the Dolphins, which is where I will be leaning. I'll just get that out of the way right now. I'm, I'm taking the points. I'm agreeing. I'm taking Miami in the points. Brian Flores and the fighting Ryan Fitzpatricks are showing fight. They're not going to go down with the ship. Before, I thought that they were just giving up. Now, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has energized them a little bit. He's putting the ball down the field. They've had some nice starts in the first half. They just need to complete one. I think Miami could win one by the time the season is done. Now, I thought I, maybe I'm wrong about that. I thought they had what it takes to go on 16 and be worse than the Browns a couple of years ago. I don't think Miami comes close to winning this one. Duck Phillips, excuse me, Duck Hodges. Sorry, Mad Men. Duck Hodges will just hand the ball off and do what's necessary, and they'll play defense. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick will probably turn the ball over, but I will take Miami to cover on Monday night. Tom? I already did. You know it. Give me the okay. points. Okay. There we go. And that is the Week 8 NFL preview. Up next, you won't admit it. I know you won't admit it. In fact, you'll probably cuss me out because of it. But you know deep down, you wish you were a Patriots fan. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Final one of the day. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Line brought to you by Geico. Great news. Switch to Geico. You can save 15% or more on car insurance. You can save a ton of money. It's fantastic. A study came out. I, re- I read this in the New York Post. Billy Jack, how old were you when you first saw your first uh, horror movie? Probably... 12? 12. Okay. Uh, Tom, how old were you the first time you saw your first horror movie? Do you remember it, too? Yeah, I think I was like 11. What'd you see? Poltergeist. Wow. It ruined me. I still don't like horror movies to this day because of it. Man, it's... It takes a special person. Like, I wonder if I would have never seen anything until I was like 18 or 16. You know what I mean? Like what? Like if I was a little older to handle it and understand, like it's right. a movie. Exactly. Like maybe exactly. it would have been a little bit easier. Do you remember Billy? Do you remember the first one you saw? Do you remember the name of it? I believe it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jeez, Louise! That's I another perfect example. That's actually a great movie if you see it at the right time. If you see it at the wrong time, it freaks you out. Forever. It's awful. I, yeah, I mean it's it's awfully terrifying. I saw. Uh, I had to bring up my buddy Kenny Kidd here in Cleveland. I had to I had to impart his wisdom because I didn't remember it. I, I brought this up before. I'm four years old. I I, I I brought this up to him. I'm four years old. My aunts used to watch me. My mother had two younger sisters, okay? And this is the, 
This is the late 80s, early 90s, boys. So they are uh, they're teenagers still, my, my aunts. And they were like a year apart from each other. And they might have had boyfriends and didn't really care about watching me that much. So I'm in the, I remember I'm at my grandparents' house. My grandmother isn't there. My grandfather isn't there. They're there. And I'm very young. And I told them, I remember crying because there was this movie with orbs coming out of the walls and they were going in like sticking in people's faces and killing them. And I needed to impart Kenny Kid's wisdom because I didn't know. And he goes, oh, my God, that's Phantasm. And I went, what? And I looked it up, 1979. I go, that's the first one it was. And I remember I was, I was four years old and I was logical about it because I go, why do they keep going in this building? I didn't know it was a mausoleum. I was like, why are they going in this building? Don't go in the building. Why are you just going in there and standing there and let these things shoot out at you? But that was the first horror movie I saw was Phantasm. And I went back and I watched a clip of it yesterday after the show, Tom. I'm 33 now. I couldn't get through it. Wow. It had that much an effect. And it was it wow. was all because yeah. it, it it's a it's a I thought yesterday, like after I got done and I, I turned it off, I, there was too much. And I'm like. This is a study of the human psyche. That's right. something that happened to me that seems to be innocuous. I'm not talking like big things, big trauma happens to kids and it carries with them the rest of their lives. But I'm talking something as small as that stuck with me the rest of my life. Yeah, it's not like, that you I, were scared. It's that it brought you back to a it, really it, it just weird like, place. And it's not. it just looks like a horrible movie. I'm like, oh, I hate this. I hate this whole movie. I'd, there, I'd rather do anything else than watch that movie. It's awful. It's probably not even that bad. It just brings up so many bad feelings of watching that movie. I couldn't do it. But uh, the story goes, that the study from the New York Post uh, found a study that uh, most people, they see their first horror movie at the age of 10. That's how old they are the first time they see their first horror movie. Halloween will always still be the best because there's like no blood and it's all like a psychological thriller and he's scary. And people do die, but you understand what I'm saying. Do you have a favorite horror movie? Uh, I really like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I like it because it's there isn't really gore in it. In fact, there's almost no violence in it. It's just a suggestion of violence. I don't like slasher. <laughs> I don't like slasher films, and I don't like like a lot of jump scares. That's not my kind of thing. But a uh, well-made horror movie, like if you call Jaws a horror movie, I'd say that's my favorite. Well, that's one. a good one. Uh, the Strangers is really good. Have you ever seen The I don't Strangers? Think I've seen The Strangers. No. That is scary as hell. That is a terrifying movie. Billy, favorite horror movie? Uh, by the way, I got, I got, I got to. Uh, hmm. The Strangers is 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 uh is a rough movie. It's scary. It's terrifying. You got Dennis. He he's like trying to work the Dennis system in the movie. It's a terrifying movie. What's your favorite horror movie? Real quick, go. Look at Billy. Probably for the, all the wrong reasons. Probably House of a Thousand Corpses. Hmm. Why, for all the raw reasons, you love Rob Zombie that much? No, it's just like the movie is so messed up oh. that it's it's fascinating. Well, I think we have a look into to Billy's psyche. This is very interesting. Okay. Like, it's a, it's a really messed up movie. Ah. Yeah, it is. It's better than Devil's Rejects. I hated that movie. Uh, what's looked like a horror movie is every team that's played the New England Patriots. That's a tease, and then that is a transition, my friends. Thank you very much. Tom, count it, baby. What's looked like a horror movie? Over the first seven weeks has been teams that have played the New England Patriots. 
you're going to want to come out of a out of a corn maze like Leatherface and chase me with a chainsaw. Uh-huh. After I say what I'm about to say to you. You don't realize it. You might not even realize it. You might hate me for saying it, but it's the truth. Deep down, you wish you were a Patriots fan. This week, Michael Bennett came back from his suspension. They gave some time. They allotted some time. Michael Bennett talked to the media. And Michael Bennett did what Michael Bennett does. And he pouted and he whined. And he gave a he gave a piece of an interview that, well, it's not going to ever be good between me and Brett Bielema. It's never, never going to be good again between me and this defense. It's not going to be good again with me and this organization. And New England probably went out and traded him to Dallas. They went on, they got Antonio Brown. They kicked the tires on Antonio Brown, let him play against the Dolphins, and it became too much of a mix-up, too much of a mess, and they cut Antonio Brown. Then Josh Gordon. I don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon. I feel if they felt he could still play for them, they would hold on to Josh Gordon. This one's a mystery. I don't want to say anything I'd have to take back. I don't want to... I don't want to recklessly speculate. There is a history there with him and substance abuse, but I don't want to say anything like that. It seems that the NFL and everybody says as soon as he's clear to be able to play, they say I'll be ready in one to two weeks. So I don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon. And then they go out and they give up second-round picks for Muhammad Sanu. You don't want to admit it. You wish you were the Patriots. You wish you were the Patriots. And do you know why you wish? And it's not even that you wish you were the Patriots. I'm not talking to the team. I should take that back and reset it. As a fan of a different football team, you should wish you're a Patriots fan. Because ultimately, as I've watched football over the last 30 years and watching teams look at guys like Michael Bennett and beg guys like Michael Bennett to stay and give them chances two, three, four, five, guys like Aqib Tlaib in the past, guys like, oh, you want to bring up Darrell Rivas who ended up going into New England, winning the championship and leaving, guys who have been problems in the past. We brought this up with Antonio Brown. Now they go to New England, and if they mind their P's and Q's and they stay well-behaved and they're there to win, they get what they want and they can reset their careers doing so. You can set yourself up. If you're drafted by the Patriots, you might not see a second contract, but you could set yourself up with a pretty nice life. Go ask Jamie Collins, who's back with the Patriots, and amazing, he's trying again. That seems to be amazing to me. Because harsh discipline works. And yeah, I know, you'll bring up all the off-field stuff. You'll bring up all the different questions. You'll bring up... Robert Kraft, I know. Guess what? Too freaking bad. That's the beauty of the Patriots. I wish my team was the Patriots. I wish I were a Patriots fan. I'm not, and I never will be. But I wish my team were like the Patriots. And the worst part about all of it is we call them a blueprint. They're not a blueprint because it's unrealistic. None of you are going to have the next Tom Brady except for maybe Kansas City. Nobody's going to have the next Bill Belichick. Nope, not even Andy Reid. None of us are going to have it. The next Bill Belichick arguably might be over in L.A., and the next Tom Brady's in Kansas City. I don't see how that mixes up. I don't know how that's going to go down. They have the best of both worlds when it comes to coaching, when it comes to quarterback, and then they can have the organization where, yeah, they don't care what you do in your off time. They're not paying attention. Well, they're paying attention to it, but they're not going to go out there and critique you for what you're doing in your off time. But you know what? They're not going to sit there and beg you to play for them either because they have Tom Brady, and you don't. They have a system, and you don't. You beg players to stay healthy for you. You beg players to stay on the straight and narrow for you. You make excuses. You do. Every fan base has to because it's a copyright and it's an offshoot of the organization. If the organization is going to make excuses for players, 
the fans will make excuses for players. If the organization makes strong moves, the fans will go right with it. I wish my organization had the strength of the New England Patriots. Maybe Pittsburgh can be thrown into that mix. Maybe, and I'm trying to think through my head, and I can't think, and I hope I don't have to take this back. Maybe Green Bay can be put in that conversation. Seattle and Percy Harvin, maybe they're in that conversation. Pete Carroll is the youngest 68-year-old you'll ever know. Maybe they're in that spot. But watching what they did with Michael Bennett this week, watching what they're doing with Josh Gordon this week, watching what they did with Antonio Brown already, where they will trade for a six-round pick for Russell Bodine, then cut him just because they wanted to kick the tires on him. Other teams celebrate getting a six-round pick from them. They obviously don't care. Draft picks are overrated to the Patriots. They're overrated, and they're telling you all the time. And we never listen. Second-round picks from Mohamed Sanu. What are you going to do? Well, they'll go out and they'll win with Mohamed Sanu. They traded the second-rounder, but they get a relatively young wide receiver, and they have Mohamed Sanu. That's how the second round works. See, they already have a good player. A second-round pick is a good idea. But everywhere else, with few exceptions, we sit there and beg for second-round picks to pan out because our teams suck. New England, on the other hand, they just change it around, turn those guys into weapons, and they play well with those weapons. They go through different roster modifications over time, and they'll let guys go out and they'll get their money and they'll get their paychecks and they'll become lazy in other places and they'll bring them back. Mentioned Danny Shelton. Danny Shelton as a starter now with the New England Patriots could barely get on the field last year, had to air him out for a season. Jamie Collins playing with the Patriots this season was basically washed up last year with the Cleveland Browns. You have the McCourty brothers who always try hard, have not always been on good teams. You bring them back. Now all of a sudden guys look good. They look like they're the best in the business. They're a great story. It's the Patriot way personified. And flat out, and you can call me every name in the book, call me spineless, say that I don't have the guts because it bothers you because you know deep down your team doesn't do that. If you're a Raider fan, your coach gets on the phone and begs Antonio Brown to stay on the straight and narrow. Antonio Brown turns around and makes it a commercial for himself. Really? The Patriots? Yeah, we'll move on. You're a distraction. We're trying to win football games. Bye-bye. You might not realize it. You might hate hearing it. You wish you were a Patriot fan. And I wish you listened to Anthony Lyman next because he's fantastic. Tom Benedetto, Anthony, Brian, Billy, Seth, thank you guys very much. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend, friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.